You're listening to BQN. Assimilate the audio. Engage. 78 years have passed since the days of the original USS Enterprise. Now a new Galaxy Starship has been designed. Transporter Chief, beam our listeners aboard. Welcome to Galaxy Class, a Star Trek Next Generation podcast on BQN and the Fandom Podcast Network. I am your host, Counselor Amy Nelson, and with me today I have Diplomatic Standard Bear Kevin Scarf and Chief Electrical Engineer Joe Keegan. Kevin! Hello! Hello! How's it going there? It's good Good to be here. Yeah, I'm having a good day. Good, good. Nope. Anything going on? Um, well, uh, we did an improv show last night for one of the local um, theater companies. It was having a social event, so that was fun. Um, I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee next weekend. I'm having a weekend away. Visit my my good friend Julie that I travel with quite often. I'm going to visit her in, in Nashville for the weekend. So, yeah, I'm excited. Got lots of hey, fun things coming up. Can I please tell you a museum, if you do museums, um, yeah. It's right there downtown. It's the uh, Tennessee State Museum. It's good. It is very good and okay. it's very comfortable. A lot is in there. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I also have a friend in Clarksville, Tennessee. So we're going to go off and visit her too. She's a mutual friend of Julie and I. And mm-hmm. um, we're going to um, an improv show Friday night. And we're going to a magic show, a magic brunch at a magic um, club on Sunday morning. So yeah, uh, those are the things we have planned. Very nice. Just a quick little four-day weekend. Should be awesome. Good. Joe. How- Hello. Hello, Amy. Hello. What's uh, Chief Electrical Engineer doing? Well, you know I've been having troubles of late with my electrical appliances. Mm-hmm. I've been waging war and I've been pushing myself to the limits of um, kind of my expertise in fixing things. I had a breakthrough today. My KitchenAid stand mixer kind of blew up before Christmas. Oh, I remember. I I fixed it. You did not. And it's now working. So from, I realized that when you switched it on previously to like the first speed, it would just go maximum speed. So it would just spin like as if it was trying to take off. Um, The speed control plate needed adjusted, I thought. But it turns out it didn't. And then I replaced the speed control plate and it still didn't work. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I put it all back together and thinking I'll come back to another point. I'll have a think about it, do some more research. Um, Then switched it on and one of the inside contacts from the speed control plate had contacted the the metal body of it and the whole thing went and cut the power to the house. The breaker oh fact. Yeah, it was quite frightening. It was all I took it apart and it was all black inside. So I had to replace a couple of bits. Contacted a guy in Kansas um called Mr. Mixer. He's got a YouTube channel. Um and his suggestion was to send it to Kansas to get fixed. 
<laughs> and I was like, okay, it's not over 4,000 miles. It'd be cheaper just buying a new KitchenAid. Yeah. So he suggested trying the um, some other wee board, the oh, some kind of, some he named something. So I bought one on Amazon, put it in today, calibrated it all, and it works like new. Joe, there is something in your brain that you enjoy this oh, because totally, yeah, it, it terrifies me when you're like, I'm going to figure this out. I was thinking it was this. How in the hell did you even think that? Like, it's amazing. I did. You know, I've always liked problem solving um, and we're really lucky today to have YouTube mm-hmm. and internet uh-huh. so you can literally figure anything out Um be careful because with electrical appliances, you could. I, I did shock myself at one mm. point. <laughs> so, you when you calibrate it, you kind of have to um, have it switched on, but turn some screws. Oh, so and then when it doesn't work, you unplug it and foot it about and then plug it back in and check again. But one of those times where you forget to unplug it and then you foot it about, and you go. Ah, <laughs> And then hope it hasn't travelled up your arm into your heart and killed you. Yes, I'm still here. Yes, I'm alive. So this is good. Progress has been made. Wow. And good. Yes. And uh, Ewan is very patient to go through this with you and have lost to the power to the house. like And tolerate the mess. Because I'll I'll have the dining room table with all your plants. Yep, dining room table, it's been on the living room coffee table in the library room on my podcasting desk. It's just been everywhere. So, um, yeah, does anybody need any cake? Right. Because I'm in a position to bake now. If anybody Uh wants anything, we'll be taking orders for Galaxy Class Cakes in our new online shop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you need to send a piece of a slice of cake to Kansas. Or to, to, or to um, Las Vegas and Toronto first, maybe. <laughs> no, because that guy helped you out. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> True. I, 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 got, I got that, but I was going to serve you guys first. Because, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, apart from that, all is good. Very good. What about you, Amy? We haven't asked you. What's happening with you? What's oh, my on? goodness. Um, What is going on? It's been... Busy, busy. I have my nephew staying with me uh, this weekend. He's here in a lacrosse tournament. And so him and his girlfriend are here. Um, I took my students bowling, had a great time. The kids are so cute, man. They do not know how to bowl. I mean, they would like go up to the line and just like throw the ball down. Like, I'm like, you know, you're you're supposed to like sort of walk up to it with momentum and throw the ball down. Nope. They just go there, throw it down. And they, they would make these beautiful parabolic arcs, which you're not supposed to do in bowling. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's been, it's been real fun. You are maybe supposed to make a parabolic arc horizontally though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I know something about bowling. You're supposed to steer it with your thumb. That is correct. Oh, Where okay. your thumb goes, the ball mm-hmm. follows. Yes, I knew this. 
And here we have five pin bowling in Canada. It's oh. a big thing. Five pin bowling. And it uses smaller balls and smaller pins and only five of them. And the pins are worth different points depending on where they're positioned. Oh, um, nice. But it's becoming less and less popular and more and more 10 pin alleys are opening up everywhere. So hmm. interesting. Yeah. Never heard of that. You know, the 10, the Australian Open is on at the moment, the tennis. Mm-hmm. Open. Yes, so um, we had been talking about it in school, my higher physics students, and they were carrying on. They were supposed to be doing an experiment with a bouncy ball to measure the, the velocity and the motion of the bouncy ball. Um, but they were trying to play tennis with a meter stick and a bouncy ball, <clears throat> both of which have the kind of same diameter. Uh-huh. It was like you could invent a new tennis game. Bouncy ball, tiny ball, tiny bat. Can you do it? Because normally tennis is a big yeah. bat and a, a kind of smallish ball. Can you play tennis with a tiny bat and a tiny ball? Is is pickleball a thing where you guys are? Because that's oh, becoming yeah. popular. Huge. Here. Pickle? Like as in a pickled onion or a pickled cucumber. Well, that's what it's called. Yeah. But it's like badminton tennis. Yeah. It's played on a smaller court than tennis mm-hmm. and it uses a, a like a wiffle ball, right? Mm-hmm. A what? A wiffle ball. It's one of those plastic balls with holes in it. No? Never heard of that. Joe has no idea oh. what we're talking about. Okay, no, wow. You're speaking a foreign language. <laughs> like, a, like a badminton shuttle, shuttlecock, no? For badminton. But a sphere. Oh, so oh. it's got holes in it. Um... Oh, when you throw it, it doesn't go very far. Right. Because right. it's just really light. And, and a smaller yeah. court, and you can do doubles or singles, just like tennis, and it's, yeah. For children. So I just joined... Older, older community. So that's why it's huge in Las Vegas, because we have a lot of retirees uh, here. Las Vegas and Florida will be big. Yes. I just joined my local rec center to try to get myself a little bit healthier. And I go for aquafit classes and swimming as I like the pool. And I'm having some issues with my feet. So I wanted something a little less, you know, thudding on the floor. But pickleball is a big thing there. They have pickleball several nights a week at, in one yeah. of the gymnasiums there. So I just. Are you going to check it out? Uh, Maybe once I feel my feet are in a position that okay. I can do some like running about and uh-huh. bouncing. So, yeah, I'm, I want to drop some pounds first. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm yeah. On no, it. I have a friend who's what he's 54 or something. And he's, yeah, just done local things. And like at our parks, he's joined some leagues and now he's like yeah i'm getting asked if i can be a sub for this team over here and a sub over here and he is just loving it oh so, yeah? yeah um he's single and so there's a lot of single ladies there too just like- <laughs> ready to mingle yeah um, kevin kevin i don't really want to speak about your feet i want to speak about feet in general um i was listening to i'd like i'm telling everybody about this because i'm so fascinated by it I was listening to BBC Radio 4's Inside Health program, mm-hmm. which covers like health stories in the news and kind of current research and whatnot. Um, and they talked about larval therapies. Oh. So um, for people with like diabetes who might have like problems with circulation, they might yep. have open open sores on their feet and things like that. They just no no lotions and potions, no antibiotics, no special dressings have been able to heal for a long time. So larval therapy basically uses uses maggots. Yep. 
which is an ancient way. You put maggots on a wound, the maggots will naturally eat all the necrotic tissue yeah. um, and allow the wound to heal naturally. Um, and so you can get on our National Health Service. Apparently, I was asking Ewan about it and he says, yeah, you, we used to use it. They've not used it in a long time, but there's calls for it to become the first the first thing that they try, as opposed to like spending two years trying things that they probably know aren't going to work, try right. all the medicines and lotions and potions they know aren't going to work. So have the buy these little tea bags in uh, with little, little maggots, little baby maggots, and they put it on the wound and the maggots just eat all the necrotic tissue. That's and, fascinating. Yes. But when do they know to stop eating the tissue? They don't um, eat living they, tissue, right? They don't eat living tissue. They only eat the dead, diseased oh. stuff. Yes. So fascinating. Interesting. Uh-huh. Um, they also um, talked about the fact that maggots in general have evolved over thousands of years um, to be in competition with the primary decomposers and carcasses. So those things that are in carcasses, which will help the carcass decompose, and those are primarily um, funguses and bacteria. So when the, the maggots, the fly lands on carcass, lays its little eggs, maggot hatches out, and the maggots in competition with all this other micro, micro all these other microorganisms. And so in order to survive, the maggot... Um, produces antifungals and anti and like anti antibiotics antibacterials antimicrobials to help it survive and so we find that they're so good on live on like to help humans like heal because they're and kind of giving out all these good chemicals that allow you to heal naturally they kill anything that's causing your disease it's like whoa well, I'm not in a position to require that kind of maggot therapy. I, I just have my chiropractor tells me it's plantar fasciitis. Oh, is, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wear a special brace to bed every night that keeps my toes pointed up so that the tendons in my feet are stretched properly so that there's less pain. It's because the pain is most acute when I get up in the morning. You step mm -hmm. down and you feel that a sort of jolt of pain in your heel and that's really helping and then i have a little spiky ball that when i'm sitting watching tv i roll around on my foot to keep my foot sort of massaged and mm. that's helping but also uh this week getting out and going to the pool twice a week is uh nice. has been good too so good middle of winter going swimming yay, yay. <laughs> oh, Indoor, yeah. indoors and heated yeah indoors amy heated. asked me if it was an outdoor pool um yeah, people do that, but uh, I know. I was like, me. "Are you joining the polar bear club?" No, <laughs> those people are insane. We could do that in Iceland, Joe. We could, but it Ice. will be July, so it won't be that cold. It'll be cold enough. Who am I kidding? I think I'll be able to cope with it, Amy. You'll be like, you'll be, at, and you'll be phoning up like the coast guard to come and rescue you. <laughs> you I'll go the, into cardiac what? arrest. Yes, you will. <laughs> that's a thing. Kind of thermal shock. People yes. that think it's warm and a nice summer's day and go into the lake, but it's it's a nice summer's day, but the lake's been frozen over winter, so it's yeah. the lake hasn't warmed up. Yeah. Listeners, we really are not here to be talking about maggots and swimming and you know polar bears. People want Kevin's to know more feet. about us. <laughs> it, it has been fascinating, though. I'm not going to lie. 
but let's check the communication array to see if we have any comments from our listeners. Logs accessed. Wah, wah. <laughs> no. Boo. Well, well, we, have, we, have a, we have a comment. We do have a comment. I've just found it. Did it what? just come oh, in? Just, just come in. We have a comment from Whoa. listener Joe Keegan who oh. says, you guys are so awesome and I love you so much. I'm going to listen um, like forever, even after I die. Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe, thank you so much. Joe, you're amazing. Wow. Long time listener, first time commenter. True, yeah. No no time listener. No. I know. Who listens to that? (laughs) That's rubbish nonsense. (laughs) But listeners, if you haven't listened to that would be uh gal i almost said earl gray that was funny. <laughs> a galaxy class 120 we built an amazing time travel watch yes. list please go and listen we had a great time we <laughs> did amy has time traveled back to earl gray times about <laughs> apparently and, and all four of us were there yes yes this is the captain. Senior officers will report to my ready room immediately. Well, today, listeners, we are going to do another actor profile, and we're going to focus on two takes breaks. Number one, Johnny, as his friends call him, Mr. Jonathan Frakes. So you guys, I think Jonathan Frakes is so good to his fans. He shows up on the cruise, at the conventions. He does so much for us. Does um, he what? Oh, does he? Is he not he? famous for cancellations? No, that's Robbie Duncan McNeil. I'm sure Frakes is famous for cancellations too. No. I think I've been at one convention that he's actually one. turned up to. <laughs> well, he's been on the cruise. He's been to multiple STLVs. Didn't he go to Destination? I, I I think I've seen him once. Okay, so he's out there. Okay. He's out there. All right, so what are your personal experiences with Jonathan Frakes? Hmm. I don't know if I've ever had a... I don't think I've, I've never had a one-to-one interaction with Jonathan Frakes. Um, I have seen him at a convention. I went to... This was the year of the 25th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation... At the Montreal Comic-Con, the entire cast showed up. Mm. Uh, so I went to see that. So I did see him there. But he was on a panel with the entire cast of Next Generation, which was really super cool. Um, but I've never really, I've never had any inter- face-to-face interactions with Jonathan. Because I'm not one to buy autographs or photo ops. So I don't generally uh, interact with people face-to-face. Mm-hmm. He was at STLV the year I was there in 2019. Right. Because yeah. I remember seeing him in the dealer room at his table. Yeah. But I, again, I was a bit nervous to talk to him for some reason. Oh. He's just a dude. I should just go say hi, but I didn't. So. Oh, anyway. I completely understand getting <laughs> nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a very similar position to Kevin. I also have no personal interactions with Jonathan Frakes. I have seen him. It must have been the same year, 2019 at STLV. Um, so I'm from afar. Yeah. I asked Ewan. Ewan got a. I think it was just a table side 
taking a selfie with him. He told Ewan told Jonathan Frakes that he was very tall. Jonathan Frakes told Ewan that he was also very tall, and Jonathan Frakes complimented Ewan on his discovery scant that he was wearing, made by yours truly. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So I feel I feel seen by Jonathan Frakes through mm. my through my artwork. Yes. Mm. I love um, so um, fellow BQN host Thad Hate went to that convention last year wearing a T-shirt that was just covered with pictures of Jonathan Frakes's face, mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 picture that I saw of the photo op of him and uh, Thad and his friend and jo- and Jonathan Frakes together with the, covered in pictures of Frakes was hilarious. I thought, yeah. Yeah, I uh, did get to meet him for the briefest of seconds um, because Christos generously, uh, we got a picture. Yeah, was it this uh, STLV with uh, Gates McFadden and Jonathan Frakes? And Christos was in his Beverly Crusher. I was in my Troy. So we had Crusher Troy and Crusher and Mr. Troy in our photo. So that was fun. And can we talk about STLV a little bit more? Okay. Sure. Because I'm I'm getting increasingly excited because it's it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. It's actually happening. I know. I'm so soon. excited. Okay. Wait. Have you bought your stuff, Joe? Tickets? Uh, no. 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 Not yet. We've got to discuss it. Where I go? I looked at him. Um, then we're just going to do GA passes. Oh yeah. Well, that's what we did last time because yep. we don't really it's need fine. anything else. We go for the people and the friendship. You are rarely um, in the panels. Oh, yeah, we just went to the panels for a seat. Yeah. To take the weight off a little bit. Um, yeah, so doing that. But the biggest news, though, about STLV is that our great friend and culinary connoisseur, yes. um, Heidi Stuck, is going. Yes. And I'm like, um, <laughs> I can almost taste. I know. I am so the excited. The of the to amazing go food we're going to eat. dinners. Yes. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Fancy dining. Nice oh. wine. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, okay, back. Back to back to the back. Yes. boy. Okay, let's talk to me about his uh, biography. What's going on with uh, Jonathan? Okay, Frakes? I think we have to just point out the fact that Jonathan Frakes is seventy. He will be seventy-one on August nineteenth, which coincidentally is four days after my birthday. Mm. So it's in the same week, so we might as well celebrate it together. Mm. And he was born August nineteenth. Is that around the time of STLV? Oh, just be after, yeah, yeah, just after. First day of school is my birthday usually. Uh, awful. Um, yeah, he was born in Bellafonte, in Pennsylvania, but raised in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, oh little town of Bethlehem. If you're singing Christmas carols from primary school um bethlehem the town of pennsylvania no doubt named after the the town of bethlehem and where is it somewhere in the middle east judea is it okay is that in the bible it was judea wasn't it judea, yeah. what, i don't even know what it is now it will be modern israel. israel yeah probably something like that what else do we know about him well, he graduated from high school in 1970, and he played trombone in the marching band. He went to Liberty High School in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, so the, the marching band is called the Grenadier Band, which I find just really, really, really insane. So the Grenadiers would be the soldiers or the troops in the army that had the grenades. Hmm. Uh-huh. Why on earth would a, a school have a Grenadier Band? I know it's probably just a... A ceremonial thing, yeah. You don't have 
not going to ship off your high school students to to war with grenades. Well, they um, hide the grenades in the tubas. There you go. Oh, the, that's the launch mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. It becomes, becomes more like artillery. <laughs> I don't know. Is that the trombone that you know, slides <laughs> them out? Interesting. Um, yeah, listeners, if you want to look um, up the Liberty High School, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Grenadier Band, they have some videos um, on YouTube. And, and we will good. post the link in we our can, show notes. We can, yes. Yeah. Um, it's weird that the band has like 250 people in it. <laughs> it's just nuts. American high schools just <laughs> are just crazy in terms of the size. They're like small Scottish cities. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I went to the Rose Bowl this year because my Utah Utes were the Pac-12 championship game and we were playing Penn State and I was sitting in the Penn State section and this happens to be Frakes's alma mater. So that was pretty cool. But he started in psychology and then changed it to theater major. And I didn't know he earned a master's uh, from Harvard, Harvard University. So pretty smart dude there. Hmm, I didn't know that either. Um, he um, graduated Harvard in 1976, and he was active in the Loeb Drama Center, L-O-E-B, which no doubt must be named after Lisa Loeb, who had a hit single in, I think, the 90s. <laughs> yes, of course. Mm. Yes. Uh, our other co-host is never here, although she was here last week. Go and listen to um, Rhea reminded us that Freaks married the actress Jean Francis. Francis, although I don't know Jean Francis because a lot of American TV is just lost to me because we never get it. Um, but she played Laura Spencer on General Hospital. So yeah. Jean Francis opera. was a huge deal in the eighties, right? Because General Hospital was the hottest soap opera in daytime TV, and the wedding of Luke and Laura was like the biggest thing. It was on the cover of all the magazines. So Jenny Francis Everywhere. was a huge, a huge deal Everywhere. in the in the eighties around in North America. I didn't even watch that soap opera, but uh -huh. yes, everyone knew. Everyone about knew about the wedding of Luke and Laura. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, I have to ask my mum if she ever watched General Hospital because she watched like Dallas and Dynasty and Falcon Crest. And... Okay, those were the nighttime soap operas. But you ask her if she remembers Luke and Laura's wedding. That's all you need to say. Because the daytime okay. soaps were lower budget and they were uh -huh. on every day of the week. Yeah, my okay, mom's soap like... opera of choice was uh, called Another World. That was the one she loved when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, is that about, is that in the same vein as like Bold and the Beautiful? Yes, or yes. those kind of daytime dramas. Yeah, yeah but Bold and the Beautiful—that's the one that's at the bottom of the list. It did not last very long. No, it's still on. Is it? Yeah. Uh, no, I thought it got canceled. I thought, I thought I it thought... went to a half-hour show and then it got canceled. Did they bring uh, it back? I will find out. Um, Young and the Restless is still on. General Hospital is still on. Isn't yeah. It? No. Yeah. Anyway. I love the fact that Jeannie Francis and Jonathan Frakes are still married. Yep. Is it half of all marriages, like ending divorce? The Bold and the Beautiful is still on. It's never been cancelled. And there oh. have been, as of January 6th of this year, there have been 8,932 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful. 
I stand corrected. My apologies. <laughs> 8,000. What's the other one I'm think, thinking of? Um, Days of Our Lives. Is that another one? Oh, yeah. Yes. Days of Our Lives. So these are the ones I watched was Days of Our Lives, Young and the Restless, uh, As the World Turns. Oh, I loved that one. Um, and, and then I did a little bit of General Hospital, sort of that Luke and Laura time, but then I, yeah, tapped out. Yeah. Uh, General Hospital is still on the air and they've made over 15,000 episodes of General Hospital. Yeah. It debuted wow. in 1963. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought Coronation Street, which is a British soap, um, oh, we know Coronation Street too. Yeah, it was had the most episodes, but I think they're only up to ten thousand and something. Mm. I just googled it. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to kind of affiliate myself. In ten thousand eight hundred fifty-seven episodes. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Coronation Street, so I just googled that fact. There, it's mm. not something I would. Innately, no, because I'm a fan. Because I'm not. Ewan's a fan and loves it. Really? What? Oh yeah. What? So Frakes and um, Francis met on the set of a soap opera, didn't they? They were on an, mm -hmm. another soap opera together called The Doctors, which was the first his first television appearance. Uh, they met well, on they met on Bear Essence. Yeah. Oh. In 1980. Yes, in the 80s, they met on Bear Essence. Oh, I don't know that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard that either. I don't think it lasted very long, if Wikipedia is anything to go by. <laughs> Probably not. There's a lot of shows that just came and went boom. Yes. Um, but they have two kids together. Jameson Ivor Frakes, um, named after Admiral Jameson, <laughs> and also Elizabeth Francis Frakes. Um, named after Elizabeth Shelby, Commander Shelby from both <laughs> Models. Obviously. Obviously. Um, yes. Obviously. Jameson was born in 1994, with Elizabeth being born in 1997. So, Kevin, that uh, Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. Let's talk about that. Was that his first gig? No, The Doctors, okay. the soap okay. opera, was his first gig, according to Wikipedia. Okay. That was this, his first television. He had done theater in New York and then mm -hmm. moved to Los Angeles to get into television and film. Uh, so the first, uh, his first non-soap opera role was a guest starring appearance on Charlie's Angels, which, for the sake of research, I watched this morning. Uh <laughs> So in this particular episode of Charlie's Angels, this is in season three of Charlie's Angels. So Farrah Fawcett has left the show already and she's been replaced by Cheryl Ladd as Chris. And Chris leaves a restaurant where she encounters a bad guy who's, uh, who's just knocked a guy out with a lead pipe and is stealing the money from the restaurant. And uh, Where she did witnesses... they find the lead pipe? Uh, he had it with him because he was a oh, bad dude who bad was guy. like, he was who was going to confront this guy. Carried in his pants. Exactly. Cool. And uh, so Chris sees this and tries to stop it. And she ends up getting run down by this car <sighs> and uh, thrown into a garbage bin. And uh, when she crawls her way out of this pile of garbage, she's lost her memory. She doesn't know who she is. And so she stumbles around outside the restaurant, almost gets hit by a taxi cab and then convinces the taxi cab to take her anywhere uh we learn later that he, she has been taken to the beach where she stumbles around getting into some misadventures uh and um she gets um 
She she meets a very nice uh, homeless man who shares his food with her. And while she's there, they get accosted by three young thugs who try to steal her purse. But she uses her judo skills and her gun and turns the tables on them before she runs away for some reason. Uh, where she encounters our hero, Jonathan Frakes, as the as the sort of head of a volleyball playing group of young people just having a good time on the beaches of Los Angeles. And uh, uh, so he tries to help her. She doesn't know who he is or who, sh who she is, but he has a very jealous girlfriend who doesn't want her to be there because escandalo. it's very a scandalo. <laughs> uh, and that's where she is when eventually the other two angels, um, uh, Sabrina and Kelly and Bosley uh, find her, and uh, the bad guy eventually gets his gets shot, and uh, they all live happily ever after. Now, why Chris didn't just go into her purse to look at her ID and see what her name was and where she lives and maybe who she could call in case of an emergency, I don't know. Uh, because she did pay the cab the cab driver fifty dollars in cash, so she had to have been carrying that somewhere. But she never did. Uh, but she did have a lovely day at the beach. Did she and, not check her emergency contacts on her iPhone? <laughs> no, she never thought to do that either. Mm. So I feel like um, our listeners won't have to go back and watch that because you've summarized it oh, so like visually. It was thrilling. It was yes. so fun to watch, actually, this morning uh, as I was lying in bed on my iPad watching Charlie's Angels. It was really quite fun. You don't what have to was... know anything about the premise of the show. You just have to, it's all there in the title sequence. Three young women taken out of the police training, and now they work as private detectives for Charlie, a mysterious man they never meet who only speaks through a loudspeaker on Bosley's desk. It's, yeah. Amazing. Well, listeners, we do have a link of a clip with Jonathan Frakes talking to Cheryl Ladd. So we will have that in the show notes as well. And I do highly encourage you. When I was watching it, I so pixelated. <laughs> well, so if you terrible. are in Canada, um, the ctv.ca and the CTV app has uh, the entire series of Charlie's Angels available for your viewing pleasure mm -hmm. in high, as high a quality uh, definition as 1978 television will allow. Would allow, yeah. <laughs> do you know, just do it if you want to see Jonathan Frakes in short shorts with amazing hair. Mm -hmm. like, you he is the only male volleyball hair. player who's wearing a shirt, though. That's so. okay. The hair and the shorts make up but for that. Every young guy on the show wears their shirts buttoned open all the mm -hmm. way down to their navel, so. That's but it's um, is it California, so uh -huh. it's probably quite warm. I would. Oh do yeah. The same. But yeah. Uh, the other half of them are wearing sweaters and coats on the beach, so I don't know. I don't know what kind of day it was. Fashion, fashion. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest. So to move on with Jonathan Frakes, I think the biggest pre-Star Trek um, thing that he appeared in was the North and the South. Uh, which was a huge miniseries. Remember back in the 80s, miniseries were, were these big, yes. huge deals. And the North and the South was was a really huge deal for Civil, him. American Civil War. 
Yes. He played the brother of Kirstie Alley's character on that show. So there's another Star Trek connection. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I read that, and I didn't know what that was. So thank you for describing that. And I do remember watching it. Of course, wouldn't recognize him. It was like like post-Roots, right? Like, Roots was the hugest deal. It was like a six-part miniseries. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was the age of the big... The big yes. uh, flashy yep. miniseries and the special television events. And mm-hmm. he was very important on that show. I quite like a miniseries. Pretty much everything yep. is a miniseries these days. We only get 10 yeah. episodes of Picard yep. a season. For a season, right? <laughs> I, like, I like, I think six is nice and comfortable. It's like six hour long episodes and you can watch it in a day comfortably and have time to do other stuff. Mm-hmm. And feel like you've, you've absorbed some entertainment. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we can't gloss over the fact that in the 1970s he was hired by Marvel to play Captain America this at various true. conventions. We we missed that. We skipped that step. Oh. That was his first kind of acting gig. But I have seen that. pictures of him dressed as Captain America. I They're think... out there if you search for them. Yeah, mm. he used to go to like um, comic book store openings and wow, kind of yeah. Oh, the guy, the guys outside, um, was it was it Man's Chinese Theater in in Los Angeles? Is it? And you got all the superheroes dressed up that you can have pictures taken with. But unlike those dudes, Freaks was actually hired by Marvel Comics, right? Ah, those those are just bootlegger versions. Exactly. Ah, okay, fakes and phonies. I see. I'm sure they're very talented people. I didn't. I mean, to cast aspersions on them. Um, I was looking at his, kind of, when he moved to LA in the kind of 70s, 80s, looking at all the TV episodes purely to see what I recognised and what I didn't recognise. Um, I'd never heard of Eight is Enough or Bare Essence but, um, or Paper Dolls or mm-hmm. Dream West, but I had heard of everything else, like The Waltons, mm-hmm. I think. And it, he listened, hear The Waltons or... You say the name the Waltons and you hear the theme tune. <laughs> that is quite Amy's looking at us like we're weird, but the Wow, um, I did not know the song, but after listening to you, I do remember it came back to me. So well done. You're right there. Um, Jokes of Hazard, Heart to Heart. Was Heart to Heart the one way? Um, Stephanie Beecham, no, yeah, and no, no, it's um, the it's guy Robert Wagner, the, Wagner, yeah, right, Robert Wagner, and, and... Ste- it is a Stephanie, but not Stephanie Beecham. No, uh, it was uh, um, Stephanie Powers, Powers, ah, Powers, yeah. Powers, Powers. Yeah. Stephanie Beecham is more recent, isn't she? Um, was, yeah, it I was almost I... like a modern day Nick and Nora kind of thing where they were like well to do, jet set. Couple, oh yeah, but they I loved also, heart they to heart. They're yes. matching convertibles, driving down the freeway, and the opening credits. Like, oh yeah, it was like that's you know life goals. <laughs> because back in the day, she was right. She, they were private detectives, and she held her own. She had her own car. She brought yeah. in her own clients. Like she was a powerful woman in the eighties, not under her man's thumb. So, anyways. Mm. That's a very good point. I now I want to watch the episode of Dukes of Hazard that he was on. I wonder if that the show does not age well. 
No, so I know. I, it's sort of just best in your memory of <laughs> I didn't know any better. <laughs> Did they remake it recently into a movie with Thingy? Um, yes. One yeah. um, guy with a nose. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, that's the one. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, uh, real quick, because listeners, I know you know what uh, Jonathan Frakes has done in Trek. He, of course, played William T. Riker and Thomas Riker. Correct? Mm -hmm, indeed. And uh, he was in Deep Space Nine as Thomas Riker. He was in one episode of Voyager, mm -hmm. Death Wish. He was in one episode of Enterprise, the best episode, These Are the Voyages. Oh, yeah. Everybody's I just, favorite. listeners, Ooh. don't send me those hate mails. We've got one, uh, three episodes, excuse me, of Lower Decks and three episodes of Picard. So he holds the record for p appearing on the most Star Trek series mm. as the same yeah. character. Yes. Well, he, right, and Marina. Marina are the only two actors to play the same characters in four live action series. So he's been in Deep Space Nine, Voyager, TNG. But Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. 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 But he didn't play William Riker on Deep Space Nine. He played yeah, Neil Riker. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Then Enterprise as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's five then. He... Right. But we don't, count. we don't go, don't count. Yeah, the Tom Riker Deep yeah. Space Nine one, and Marina would be the same. She uh, never appeared on Voyager, DS9. Enterprise, Picard, Lower Decks. Those are the four. And Next Generation. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> but oh, live so action. That is five. Yeah, but, 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 but four live action. Four live five. action in an anime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. And he and Tim Russ are the only actors to appear on screen with four Trek captains. So yeah. through the four Trek captains, obviously he had the conversations. He played the chef on Enterprise and Captain Archer spoke Archer. to him. Mm -hmm. um, Captain Picard, obviously, like every yeah. episode. He um, was with Janeway. Janeway? Uh, in in the, when the Q was on trial. He was yes. called as a witness. Mm -hmm. And... and um, Generations Shatner. Did he have any scenes with Shatner? No, but they still count it because they're oh. in the movie together. But they technically do not share a scene together. And he's one of only two cast members to appear in every episode of Next Generation. Oh, no, 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 they'll be, they'll be including Voyager, him and Captain Janeway being on screen together. Yeah, we yeah. counted Voyager. I counted Janeway. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. Kevin was talking about Death Wish. He was called as a witness for the Q mm -hmm. trial. That's where we learned about his ancestor, Thaddeus Riker. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what are you counting, Joe? What are, what's stumping you? I, it's four Trek captains. So, we've already got Picard, Shatner, Janeway, Archer, Archer, and Cisco. But that wasn't Will Riker. He and Tim Russ are the only actors to appear oh, actors. Oh, four yeah. Captains, yeah. so they're not counting generations. Good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think. Cool. What about the fact that he was a captain in Picard? So does he count himself? That makes five. Oh. 
Oh, that's going to cause more cognitive dissonance <laughs> for me. I don't know about that. So, you know, he's now behind the camera. Yes. And he has directed quite a bit. Um, I, you look at his IMDb. My goodness, that man has directed a lot. I, and I haven't even seen or know about half of these shows. So the only ones I listed were the ones that I have some recognition. So he directed uh, such shows as Roswell, which I think I've heard of. Yes. The, li the Librarians, where he also is a producer. Leverage, Castle is a fun one. Burn Notice is a fun one. Falling Skies, NCIS LA, of course, The Orville, and the astronauts. Now, you guys, the list keeps on going. Any of those stand out to you or you recognize? I watched Roswell back in the day. That mm. was a great show about teenage aliens. Living oh, that's what that was. In New yeah. Mexico. Um, I watched... Um, you mentioned it, and I can't remember what you said now. Um the astronauts the orville thought, yeah no. the orville leverage castle burn notice Fall leverage is a fun show um and so was castle yeah castle these was sort of like good. light light um crime drama kind mm -hmm. of stuff. burn notice also was another fun show oh i love um, burn he, notice. he also did three uh, several th uh, f uh feature films including clock stoppers and Thunderbirds, he made the live. He was the director of the live-action Thunderbirds uh, film. Hmm. And I was reading on his Wikipedia today that um, that movie was such a flop that uh, that's his last feature film directing. And he didn't get any directing um, gigs for a couple of years after that because people blamed him for the failure of the Thunderbirds movie. Oh. Not the fact that making a live action Thunderbirds movie was probably a bad idea in the first place because American audiences don't know who the Thunderbirds are. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> Who yeah. are the Thunderbirds? Thunderbirds was a British oh, puppet animated show uh, that, from the early 70s um, about a strike force team of astronaut pilots, I think they were. Okay. I don't I never really watched Thunderbirds either. I just sort of knew oh. the theme song. Thunderbirds are go. Oh. Amy. Oh, okay. Um, did you ever see Team America World Police? No. No. Okay. Never mind then. Yeah. Um, it was they called it Super Marionation. It was marionette puppets that the the, the there were several shows that the this company made, and Thunderbirds was the most popular. I wonder why he agreed to direct the movie. I mean, it doesn't even sound like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> they probably pulled a dump truck full of money up to his driveway. Mm. Um, yeah, Thunderbirds is a big deal. So when you're making it into a live-action movie, it's I, I suppose it's about like making the first... The, I don't know, the first Transformers movie, live-action Transformers movie, when previously yeah. it had all been mm. animated. Um, it's going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't, <coughs> can't find anything on that list. Um, it was sci-fi um, in the kind of 80s, no, 90s, 2000s, maybe. And I cannot find it. 
and I watched it and I loved it. Hmm. And I don't know what it was. A, a movie you're talking about? Did he I think it was a TV show. Um, well, Amy Dollhouse? mentioned it. He also no. directed Dollhouse. Oh, Dollhouse. I love Dollhouse. Um, with, um, I watched Dollhouse. They're all kind of sleepers. Eliza Dushku. Yes, that's right. Hmm. Um, I love that. He's been busy. He also did um, some voice acting mm-hmm. because I loved. And now this was at the same time as Next Generation, really. Gargoyles. He played Xanatos, the sort of head bad guy on Gargoyles. He was in almost every episode of that. Marina Sergis did the voice of Demona, the gargoyle on that show too. And mm. um, there were lots of Next Gen actors who were actually on that show. And I'm sure we'll talk about them uh, when we get to their actor profiles. But yeah. if you want a lot of um, Star Trek actors doing voice work, watch Gargoyles, which is on uh, Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. It was a really great fantasy, urban fantasy show about these gargoyles who were frozen into stone form at a Scottish castle in the year like 900. And then they uh, woke up after their castle was moved to New York and they woke up in New York and now they fight crime at night. Huh? Wow. Well, as soon as you did not see my eyes roll to the back of my head. When I said Scottish castle. Yes. (laughs) There were lots of Scottish references in the show and a lot of Shakespearean references. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, you know, one thing that Jonathan Frakes is a strong advocate for, and that is for Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Can-can is uh, what they lovingly call it. Um, The reason why it is so dear to Jonathan Frakes is that his brother, Daniel, lost his life to it in 1997. And he found about Pan-can through Kitty Swink, who is Armin Shimmerman's wife, and she is a survivor of pancreatic cancer, 18 years now. And they were at some truck event and Kitty, you know, heard about uh, his brother and asked if he would like to be involved with PanCan. And he has been on their board, I believe, for three years, a very strong uh, proponent for this and does a lot of charity events. In fact, he was on for an entire, I think it was an hour, on John Billingsley Hollywood Food uh, Coalition uh, that was just recently on over MLK weekends a couple weeks ago and did this whole segment, explained his story, and uh, I just, it's very touching and I love how Star Trek actors, you know, they, well, you network. It's like, you know, someone and they get involved. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Uh, yeah, he, he's fairly well known for his charity work. So and uh, yeah, I've 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 listened to him on various podcasts and uh, different events uh, promoting the, the pancreatic cancer awareness. So uh, interestingly, in real life, um, Cambridge University in England, um, had successfully trialed an artificial pancreas in two patients. Wow. Um, like, really successful. So no really super high blood sugar levels, no low blood sugar levels. The artificial pancreas worked as it would have done in a patient with a healthy pancreas. So imagine if you detect pancreatic cancer early enough, 
remove the pancreas and replace it with an artificial pancreas, that might be the future so that more people survive. That would be good. Yes, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Um, I did find the name of that um, TV show that I couldn't get. It was Falling Skies. Mm. Ah, I loved Falling Skies, starring Noah Weil, who was the young doctor in ER. Um, sci-fi aliens invade and basically try and kill. No, oh yeah, he was also on the Librarians too, wasn't Noah Wiley in uh, the lead in the Librarians movies? I'm not sure. I've never seen the Librarians. Never heard of it. It's sort of a Buffy-esque show, I think, where the librarians track down mystic forces of evil. Hmm. So our other co-host, um, our guest, we call her a guest host because she's never yeah. here. Ria. Yeah, yeah Ria. Um, cause she should just hold, oh, the planes have autopilot nowadays, don't they? Record <laughs> <laughs> an episode and put the big inflatable guy on to come in and fly the plane. Because she hits a button and the, the inflatable comes up and flies the plane for her. And she wouldn't have any Wi-Fi issues because she's closer to the satellites, right? <laughs> uh, that, that, this, is, this is science, Amy. Yeah. This is true. True science. Rhea has one fact about Jonathan Frakes that we, she would love us to mention. He used to have a pet cat or dog, she can't quite remember, named Bix, B-I-X. Um, it was named after Bix Biderbeck. And the famous jazz musician. And, and it goes on to tell us why it's relevant. Bix and Rhea were born in the same town. And Rhea has even spent the night in his childhood home. I'm not entirely sure if she spent the night in Bix's childhood home or Jonathan Frakes's childhood home. <laughs> Rhea, cease and desist if you're going around the country try to sleep in Jonathan Frakes's homes. <laughs> Please do not stalk Jonathan Frakes. I know. So I was reading that. I re- Let's take a bet. Did she mean that she's been in Bethlehem where Jonathan Frakes was raised or it's he, she's got to be talking about Bix Spiderbeck. I, I thought Maria was born in Greece. Well, yeah, it says Bix and Rhea were born in the same town. Um, I, I Let's stalk Rhea. Where was she born? I Ooh. have this feeling, I have this vision of Rhea having broken into Jonathan and Jeannie's house. <laughs> like rum, rummaging around their belongings, being all Rhea squee as Rhea is, mm-hmm. and then they come home early. Yeah, <gasps> it's late at night. Uh-huh. They come home early. Rhea has to hide under their bed <laughs> where we were <laughs> bed, and then sneak out in the depths of night. Rhea, is this true? Please don't, please don't bring the podcast into disrepute. <laughs> now, okay, listeners. So- if you have not listened to our STLV recap, Rhea tells an amazing story uh, between her and Jonathan Frakes. I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Ask her about it sometimes. She's yes. happy to tell you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jonathan Frakes is on Cameo. You can have him send you a personal message. It will only set you back $300. $300. That's not too bad, I guess. Is it though? Oh, 
I'm not going to do it, but I'm no. I don't think it's too. We bad. could do it for the network. Come on, Patreons, oh, give us some money, and we'll. That's get a good Jonathan idea. Drake. We can get we can get Star Trek celebrities to say whatever we want on cameo. Yeah, we can. Would they? There's probably a clause that we'd be using it for. Can I invert commas in for commercial purposes? No, I see. I see celebrities uh, hyping for like. Um, uh, iPhone games all the time on ads. Oh yeah, 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 and I'm sure that's just a cameo thing. Hmm, that's true. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, I'm not still not paying for it. So, listeners, if you want to stump up the cash, that'd be awesome. We would love you. <laughs> um, yeah. Strangely, we have a, a, a tidbit and a fact about John Freaks that his net worth is 25 million US dollars. Hmm. But which is not including his wife's net worth as well. I'm just saying. Wow. Yeah. But you know what? But really, that doesn't. It's just money. At the end of the day, his like if it's a Mastercard advert, then he's priceless to us Star Trek fans, isn't yes. he? Yes. His value is incalculable. Hmm. Um. He is famous for uh, creating the Riker maneuver, which is the odd way he likes to sit. Um, mm-hmm. And he also leans a lot and puts his feet mm-hmm. up in places where I don't know if feet are supposed to be. Uh, but I don't know if that's just a character thing that he created for Riker or if if uh, you ever meet Jonathan Frakes, if you take him up for dinner, he sits in a restaurant chair that way by lifting his leg over the back. That was, um, he has explained why he did that and the leg over the chair because those season one uniforms had no give and they were so tight and you were, he's talked about it hurting his back and stuff like that. Um, it was just easier to swing his leg over than to try and like sit down or something. I don't know. Weird. And I have always heard two takes breaks from his directing. And I'm like, what does this mean? Well, he did explain it on that Hollywood food coalition charity event marathon and when he started directing movies, they needed multiple takes because usually he got his uh, filming in one take. And so then the uh, producer was like, that's all you need to do another take. And he's like, no, I got it. It feels good. He's like, no, we need two takes every scene for movies. And so now that's why, because he didn't know that. And so that's why he's two takes freaks. Uh-huh. I didn't know that either. So mm-hmm. next movie I make, I'm going to do it in two takes. <laughs> well, you just can't do it in one. You need to have two. It's for editing purposes. For just every to, scene. Kind of, yep. You've got back up. Yeah, yep, makes sense. exactly. Yep. Well, guys, what do we think about Jonathan Frakes now that we know a bit more about him? Kevin? I think he is a super nice guy, very talented, and I think that we are very lucky that he was the person who was cast in this show. I really do. I think he's he's the sort of genial face of Star Trek, you know, and uh, he seems genuinely – I've never – I mean – Maybe he's also just a great actor because I've never heard him interviewed anywhere where he doesn't seem just genuinely happy to be there and uh, uh, and discussing 
what what he's done and the work he's done on Star Trek. So I think we're very, very, very lucky to have had Jonathan Frakes as a part of our favorite show. I, I think um, Jonathan Frakes is very lucky to have us podcasting um, about him. <laughs> That's true. I think I'll go so far as to say that um, if he goes to STLV or what is it, the 57-year mission or something, um, then he, Amy and I will be there, so he should potentially take Amy and I out to dinner. Mm-hmm. As a because he you. does have a net worth of $25 million. He can yes, that. exactly. And my net worth is 25 cents, <laughs> I believe. Um, yeah, it's a cool guy. You get that impression that he's he's genuinely nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think now sometimes you think, are they nice or are they just good at acting? They just act nice, but like behind the scenes, they're just kind of trashy to their fans and their co-actors. Um, I don't get that about him. I don't get that about The Rock, Dwayne Johnson either. I think he's, in real life, he's a really nice guy. Same with Jason Momoa. I think they're just nice, nice people. I'm um, so intrigued why you would put those three actors in the same sentence. It category, really... people Joe wants to be hugged by. Okay, uh, there you no, go. Um, I think they're. I think they're all they're the first three. Um, I, I saw Jason Momoa's Super Bowl ad. Um, recently, oh. I don't know if it's a recent Super Bowl where now he's all buff and muscly. He like he comes home and he's walking and he's talking to camera. And he's walking, but he's taking off his like um, foam muscly arms. And he's taken off with like his abs because it's all foam, and he ends up as this kind of skinny, sort of fifty kilogram runt of a guy. Then he takes off his hair and he's bald. You have to you have to watch that advert. It's funny. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they're all nice people, I think, and they're all quite tall. I also think <laughs> maybe they're in the same category in my brain. I mm-hmm. organise people by height. <laughs> That is so funny. I just had a vision of Joe's mind with all of his people in little groups of pipes. My brain is an Excel spreadsheet, yes. You know, can we sort? And... Yes. Column D is height. Yeah. Got it. Um, barefoot height. Yeah. No. Um, ranked from tallest to shortest. Because I don't I don't really care about the short people all the way down to the bottom. Oh. oh. Soz. Also I'm the jokes. shortest of the group here. Because Rhea's taller than me, too. And Rhea's freakishly tall, isn't she? She's almost Amazonian. <laughs> Are there okay, any other final thoughts about Jonathan Frakes? Did you have thoughts, Amy? You I do. He just seems genuinely, authentically nice. Like, nice to his core. You just don't hear him. And of course, he's going to have bad days. But in general, he brings this light and love and compassion. Every single time I see him either, you know, on some charity event or in person at a panel or taking a picture with him, he just has a nice aura around him that makes you feel good. And I love seeing his contribution still to this Trek family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just truly, yeah, truly amazing. He is a gem. Oh, he's a keeper. Oh. 
Yeah, he's a keeper. Yeah. Jonathan Frakes, you can stay. <laughs> Incoming transmission. We would love to hear what you thought of today's episode and hope you'll join our Facebook group, the BQN Collective, to continue our discussion there. You can also tweet your thoughts at Galaxy Class Pod, or you can follow the entire network on Twitter and Instagram at BQN Podcasts. Please hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a star rating and written review. That helps others to find the show. You can also follow the entire network's podcasts with our master feed by searching BQN. This way you won't miss any of our fine shows like All Good Things, Union Federation, History with the Zalagis, Infinite Diversity, Mickey's Marvels, Trexpert's Quiz, and What's the Tea Bev? So, Kevin, where can people find you when, I don't know, you're lying beside Rhea underneath Jonathan and Jeannie's bed? Oh, oh. I, I, we were lucky to get out of there without a security system going off. It was right. it was tight. Uh, uh, because their bed's also not very high. It might have even been a waterbed. Uh, but, but, uh, if I'm not there, you can find me on the on the BQN Collective on Facebook. You can uh, hear me on True North Nerds, which is a podcast I do with a couple of local friends about all kinds of nerdicity. Uh, and uh, I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok under various. I think I have a different handle on all of those. I'll I'll write that up somewhere and put it in the collective so you can find it. Uh, Amy, uh, where can people find you uh, when uh, when you aren't uh, trying to get close to Jonathan Frakes so that you can get even closer to Marina Sirtis, who plays his wife? <laughs> yeah, that is really my true motivation. We all know. <laughs> well, when I'm not doing that, you can find me here on the network where I'm co-hosting Union Federation, which is about the Orville and New Trek. I am also on All Good Things, which talks about all of Star Trek, but lots of different series. Um, I am on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, but my favorite place right there, BQN Collective in our Facebook group. And Joe, where can people find you when you are launching grenades out of your trombone? Amy, that's a, that was a, an, that was an evil urban legend that was spread about me in the 1980s and don't take kindly to that being mentioned again especially live on air it's so rude um but when i'm not doing that not that i ever did you can find me on the bqn collective on facebook you can email me joepodcast at gmail.com or you can get me on instagram at joeyjoe77uk Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Now, if you'd like to help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Now, we're putting out more exclusive content for our patrons that you won't want to miss, like It's Green or Amy's Math Moments. With a monthly Patreon subscription of just $5 or more, you can join our meetings of the Hive Mind on the second Saturday of each month. Watch your Patreon messages for details. For more details, go to patreon.com slash BQN. A huge shout out to our very own associate producers, Jim McMahon and Davey Willett. We are so grateful for your support. At this time, we would like to thank our executive producers who make this all possible. And a special thanks to Mark White for our artwork and me for our show music. 
Thank you for beaming aboard the Galaxy class. And until next time. Smooth as a baby's bottom, eh, Data? That's a good one. That's Um, a good one. Right, help me guys, I haven't even thought of anything yet. Mr. Worf, fire. Dun dun dun, dun dun dun. Um. Okay. In our society, we share the responsibility and the pleasures equally. Great joy and gratitude. Okay. Logs accessed. No. Well, let's get to... That's the wrong one. Oh, it yeah. is? <laughs> My gosh, what in the hell? What are you doing this morning, Amy? Have you had your coffee? <laughs> Enjoy the edit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry, Kevin, you're first. I'm oh. first. Um... <laughs> So Amy has one fact about Jonathan Frakes that um, she would love for us to Rhea. Yes. That's what I said. You said Amy.